It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's the holdup? Do you need me to spell it out for you? It's G-E-I-C-O.com. That's where you save money. Geico.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. New Year's resolutions are just hard to keep up with, but saving money is easy at SaveWithConrad.com. Wouldn't 2022 be easier with lower monthly payments? Get the best rate you've ever had, pay off your credit card debt, and even get the cash you need right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to get started, and you can even skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. What a rib. No, you have a meal. There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. Was he there? I was there. I don't. Give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared of shit. Fuck you. Cue Bruce. Ah, look. You take the cheese. You Something to wrestle with. On Bruce Pritchard. The second most recognized Conrad Olsen. What happened when? What would Vince say about that? Well, hey Vince, tell me. My shorts look good tonight. Yeah. So good. Let's go. Welcome to WrestleMania. Pearl title now. Welcome to something to wrestle something with. To wrestle something with. to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard is here. What the hell's going on, Bruce? How are you, man? 
Must be, wait, what day? I don't even know what day it is. What the, I mean, you started, then you stopped, then you started again. Because I was talking, then I stopped, then you started, then I went back because you said nobody cared. Is is the deal to try to be as far away from the microphone as you can? Or has it been that long since you did one that you kind of forgot that you're talking to a microphone? Well, I can move it, but see, I, if, I, if I move it, okay, hang on. Why don't you move How's your that? body, Bruce? Move your body. I you did move my body, but see, if I move my body... It's not required to recline. You don't have to be in a recliner to do the show. I know that's how you book. I know that's how you write TV and et cetera, et cetera. But you, you can actually sit upright in a 90 degree angle and shit like that. Why? Well, you know, it don't matter. Nobody cares. That's that hurts inside where it counts. You ain't got no feelings. You've been dead on the inside since at least 1987. How you been looking inside me? Well, you know, you did spend a lot of time here and you're a lot, you're not exactly a light sleeper. Takes you a lot to get to sleep, but when you go to sleep, you're going to stay asleep. Thanks to our friend. Just kidding. Oh, hell. Hey, I, was man, hoping. I, I was, I was waiting to hear. We, uh, we hope to talk about no way out 2002 last month, but of course plans change Conrad, but I figure since it's been 20 years since the NWO walked the aisle in Milwaukee, we should talk about it again today. We're coming off the Royal rumble, which we talked about last month and I guess the normal plan is to begin building WrestleMania coming out of the rumble. So you had triple H win the rumble, uh, there in Atlanta to set up his eventual match with Jericho, but you're about to introduce three new characters into top spots. Is this one of those times where it feels like everything's sort of up in the air here in, in early part of Oh two. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily up in the air as much as, uh, you know, things are changing. Right. There's more of the attitude than, than up in the air. And it wasn't necessarily new characters, right? Well, it was just bringing some folks back home where they belonged. Well, the night after rumble is where Vince would tease the arrival of the NWO. Now, as you re- may recall, he wrestled Ric Flair at the Royal rumble for control of the company. So now since Flair won the match, it feels like way, if, if I can't have my way, then I'm not going to let you kill it. I'll kill it myself. I'll inject it with poison and the big NWO reveal. And there was the poison. Therein, hence, is the is the recipe for poison. NWO. Look it up on the metric system or whatever that that table is. You know, like Breaking <laughs> Bad, they had a whole thing out of it. The metric system. You mean the periodic table? Listen to you. You know what I was talking about. Yeah, I know. Hey, Lynn, it's been a long weekend for you, but I want to ask about this. The, the teasing of the NWO, uh, of course, this is to gain revenge for losing to flair, but even says in the promo in the big reveal, he's going to make a move that all the wrestlers, the fans, and he, even he himself may regret in hindsight, maybe some of that was true, huh? I regretted it. You regretted bringing back the NWO. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to say I regret it, but I, I don't think that it was necessarily the, you know, the best thing in the whole wide world. No, you didn't need it. That's what we're talking about. Didn't need it. Didn't want it. And didn't think that, uh, didn't think it was necessary. I, I think that you could have brought Hulk in. I think you could have brought Hall and Nash in. I don't think you needed the NWO. Right. And that's actually what I wanted to talk about. And, and Lord knows we've talked about the NWO relaunch here in the archives over at something to So if you want more on the NWO buddy, there's more than you can shake a stick out there, uh, but it's a little out of character for Vince to lean into someone else's creation. I mean, 
he wasn't thrilled about using the idea of war games. And we know decades later, it would be a part of NXT, but still, you know, it feels like we're, we're not going to push the four horsemen idea and we're not going to do this. And we're not going to do that. The NWO got a pass though, because it was man, such a revolutionary. I mean, it was the match that ignited the business in the Monday night war. Did Vince have any sort of hesitation? I mean, don't get me wrong. He owns the doggone thing, but it still feels like sometimes there's hesitation to, I don't know, sink your teeth into something that you didn't create. Did he have it with the NWO? Any sort of second guessing? I don't know. No, I think kind of to the contrary, which was more of a look, you know, what WCW, it was, it was the NWO that really came in and it was, it was that creation that really changed so much in the industry. So looking at it, it's like, all right, well, it wasn't WCW. It sure as hell wasn't ECW and we own everything. So Let's go with the one that actually did put a dent in things. However, man, I, I just think that it was it was over. It was done. You know, it, it it came in big. The NWO did WCW, but it it also fizzled out strong. I don't know that there were warm uh, feelings by the audience going, "Oh my God, boy, I, I really miss the uh, NWO Wolfpack, and I I want to see." Uh, Virgil or Vincent or whatever the hell his name was at the time and, and things like that. I don't think there was, I don't think there was a desire for that. I do think that there was a desire for Hulk. I do think that there was a desire for diesel. I do think there was a desire for razor, but I just didn't, I, I, oh, I don't now, know. Now, I wasn't come a fan. On, man. You really thought in Oh two, that razor Ramon would work better than Scott Hall for the WWE audience. Absolutely. Wow. I absolutely, but you think the diesel character worked better than Kevin Nash? Yeah. Even when they were those characters and the business was way down, it still was something. Is it just because you had that pride of ownership because you were on, are you too close to that? Because I don't think anyone listening would agree with that. Well, I think that anyone that was a, pure WWE fan definitely would agree with that. But, they, but those pure WWE fans were teeny tiny fraction of people who were actually watching. I disagree. How many no, people? Because were, at that point, the only people that were watching were WWE fans. I get it. But buddy, they didn't know what the hell a diesel was. Cause less than a million people or a 1.5 or whatever, a tiny fraction of the audience was hanging with you. During the new you're generation. getting your numbers from people out in Northern California. So that can't be trusted. I got you. So business was a booming when y'all were running high school gyms in 94 and 95. I stand Damn correct. right. I got it. I understand that water cool. Whenever I got a pay cut, it was because business was going well. I understand. I didn't get no pay cut in 2002. Oh, I know you didn't, but you did when there was a razor and a diesel. Well, that's on them. <laughs> All right. We're just going to be circular today. Let me ask though, walking into TV the day after the rumble, did you know it was going to be rock Hogan, Jericho and Hunter and Austin hall. Um, I did, uh, you know, it was look, man, that, that was a, a, let me, let me put you, oh, fuck, this is going to be hard to do, but let me, let me put you in, in, take you back in time in my life at that time in, okay. in, in my life at that time, my wife had been diagnosed with a mixed follicular lymphoma. We had moved to Houston and we were embarking on a, a incredible personal struggle, uh, in our life and, and, you know, fighting battles on other fronts. 
So to say that my head was 100% in the day-to-day of the business, it was not. And I was looking at the business from the viewpoint of almost a distraction. Right. So during that time, I, you know, Vince and I had spoken about it. Um, he had spoken and, and asked everybody about it, what they, what they thought about the NWO coming in. And again, to the man, I think everybody was like, ah, yeah, you know, Hulk would make a difference. Not really feeling that, uh, Kevin or Scott would make a big difference. And the feeling of all three of them coming in, it was almost like to your point of, well, it's not, it's not a WWE thing. It was a WCW NWO thing. Right. and I just don't, I don't know that there was a lot of confidence in it. Let me ask, cause you said you didn't think that, or a lot of folks, not just yourself, but a lot of folks on the inside felt like for whatever reason that Holland Nash wouldn't make a big difference. Do you mean as far as a net positive, because perhaps there was the, uh, the whisper campaign of, Hey, you know, these guys are going to be shit disturbers and create some political unrest or what have you. Or did you think nobody wants to pay to see them? Because that's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. I think it was, I think more than anything, it it was the the backstage environment and people not wanting to deal with them from a a business standpoint. Look, I, I, from Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, I think both of them are names and I think both of them are draws NWO, WWE, however you want to look at it. Right. Uh, Always been a fan. You're you're talking about a, a, a spot in time in 2002 where I don't know that, you know, they didn't matter on the way out of WCW. So you're saying, you know, and perhaps this is something we should frame up properly. Perception is reality that if they were perceived in the locker room as being guys who were, would be difficult to do business with, then maybe they were going to be coming in with an uphill battle, no matter what. I do, but I also think that had they been, you know, guys that everyone was looking forward to hanging out backstage with, that that would have helped get over that hump. And by the way, and I, you know, as I say that, keep in mind, it really doesn't matter if you get along backstage as long as you can draw money and do business. Yes. However, when you're when you're asking people what do you think about this, your personal feelings are always going to enter into that answer, no matter what. So, you know, there's a lot to to talk about here, but do you remember there being anybody specifically excited about them coming back? Like, oh man, I could see myself doing great matches with this guy or that guy. I'm not saying necessarily it was rock or Austin or whoever, but do you remember there being anybody in particular when you, when you close your eyes and you think back to that time, maybe there's some negative voices here, there, but man, I remember this one guy, he was fired up about it. I don't. Do you think- I really don't. I think that, you know, to, to a point, anybody, uh, so for example, Jericho had been down there with those guys. And, and I think that some people would argue that, you know, he may have felt stifled with them being around and whether that's true or not, there's definitely that perception. So for people that had never been around them, they were like, ah, you know, they'd all heard the the rumor and innuendo and all the other Gaga out there. Again, perceived or otherwise, that was out there. So for guys that had never worked with them, I think that there was a little bit of trepidation. 
Right. For guys who had, there was a little bit of, oh boy, I remember how that affected me. Right. So, you know, you're fighting on all fronts. Um, and for me, again, you know, when you talk about um, those those guys coming in as a unit, you know, I'm looking at it going, hmm, I just didn't feel that the NWO in 2002 was something that people were clamoring for. To have Hulk Hogan return to WWE as a heel, it was something that had never been done. So I was very in favor of that. To have Scott Hall and Kevin Nash back on the roster, I was very in favor of that. Not the NWO. And and there was a bit of, you know, frankly, there was a bit of trepidation with, with Hall and Nash. But, again, I never really had that big of a problem with them, ever. Hey, guys, are you looking for the perfect Father's Day gift idea? I was, and I found it at Paint Your Life. With Paint Your Life, you'll get a hand-painted portrait created to fit almost any budget, and it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You see, Paint Your Life transform your photos into a one-of-a-kind hand-painted portrait done by professional artists. You can upload photos of anything you can imagine. You choose the artists and the art medium. They've even got great frames. It all takes less than five minutes to get started, and you can get your portrait in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at PaintYourLife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited-time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, just text the word WRESTLE to 87204. That's WRESTLE to 87204. Text WRESTLE to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. All right, all right, all right. Let's take a time out right now and tell you about something my wife absolutely loves. Of course, this episode is sponsored by Cometeer. Cometeer is the first coffee you melt to make. It's delicious quality coffee that's ready in seconds. Cometeer's freshly brewed coffee arrives flash frozen inside the world's very first 100% curbside recyclable capsule. It's super simple to melt your way hot or iced coffees. That's right. Lattes and so much more. No machines or expensive equipment needed. It's incredibly simple. It's fuss free. It's mess free. It's coffee just the way you like it. Uh, my wife and Bruce's wife absolutely love it. I am friends with Bruce's wife on social and she keeps on and on about how much she loves Cometeer. It's her favorite coffee. My wife's too. And it's a fun process. Let me explain about the source and variety of Cometeer. You see Cometeer's brewing process captures over 2000 flavor compounds that exist in a single coffee bean. Cometeer offers a wide variety of light, medium, and dark single origin and blended coffee roasts from the very best specialty roasters. The brewed coffee is then immediately flash frozen at minus 321 degrees, not a rib, all inside a recyclable capsule to lock in the freshness and the flavor. Now, Cometeer has discovered the best way to brew, preserve, and deliver delicious coffee to your home. Now, I don't think a lot of people think about this, but let me give you a little pro tip. The coffee that you see on the shelf at the grocery store, stale. The only way to get it this fresh is to do it this way. I mean, think about that. They're brewing it and then immediately flash freezing it minus 321 degrees. All you need to do is add water to enjoy it hot or cold. Now with Cometeer, you can have a high quality balanced cup of coffee 
and the time it takes to boil water or fill a glass with ice, all for a fraction of the price of a coffee that you would get at some sort of cafe. Cometeer is delicious, black or however you normally enjoy your coffee. And unlike the other pods that you may be familiar with, Cometeer capsules are 100% curbside recyclable. So how great is that? Not only does it taste great, not only is it like almost a hidden secret. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't know there were 2000 flavor compounds, but it turns out Cometeer has got the right idea for us and for the environment. Come on now. Uh, the variety is awesome. The melting process is fun because man, I didn't know you could make iced coffee at home. Boom. You got it. Cometeer brings you the best coffee on the planet. It's incredible, but don't just take our word for it. Experience it for yourself. Try the coffee you melt to make brewed exclusively in partnership with award-winning roasters. And boy, have we got a special deal for you. Save $20 off your first order when you sign up at cometeer.com slash wrestle. That's C-O-M-E-T-E-E-R.com slash wrestle. And we thank Cometeer for sponsoring the podcast. That's cometeer.com slash wrestle. That's C-O-M-E-T-E-E-R.com slash wrestle. Hey man, here's a scary stat. Every 10 seconds, someone becomes a victim of fraud or identity theft. But do you want to know what's worse? 23% of those people don't get their money back after the attack. Now, if you think it could never happen to you, you could be their next target. But Aura can help. Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and your tech all safe from online threats. It really is an all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast. Like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tried to open a bank account in your name. Aura is easy to set up. All their plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds. And they have an experienced U.S.-based customer support team that's got your back. Aura is a new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial. When you visit Aura.com slash wrestle, go to Aura.com slash wrestle to get complete protection, huge savings, and a 30-day free trial. That's A-U-R-A.com slash wrestle, Aura, the new standard in digital security. And we thank Aura for sponsoring today's podcast, Serious Business Guys. This is something Bruce and I believe in. We both have Aura, we both use Aura, and we recommend you do too. It costs nothing to look, as our pal JR says, and who can beat a 30-day free trial? Check it out right now. Get complete protection. Go to Aura.com slash wrestle. That's A-U-R-A.com slash wrestle. I realize I'm uh, putting you on the spot here, but there was a lot of talk once upon a time from Steve Austin before he came into the company about how much he wanted to work with Hulk Hogan, because in the WCW days, boy, that was, that's how you punched your ticket, man. If you wanted to move up the card, I guess that went back to the WWF as well. You worked with Hulk Hogan. So there's even the story that man, Austin loved the idea of being Hulk's brother or cousin or some sort of family member, he would have been playing second fiddle to him. But at the time, again, context is King. He was stunning Steve Austin. Well, of course it didn't work. He wound up getting let go. He's now set the business on fire and unmistakably, he is the top star in the business here. When the NWO is coming back now, did he have a chip on his shoulder in your opinion 
about Hulk coming in? Was he, would he have been receptive or still looking forward to that? Or did he want nothing to do with it? In your opinion? In my opinion, I think that Steve, like everybody else wanted them to come in and prove themselves and be other than what they were elsewhere. It was like, okay, Hey man, the business has changed and this company has changed. Right. If you can fit in to what the company is now, then more power to you. And we're happy to have you. And let's go, let's go work together and make something right. If you're looking for everyone else to conform to you, then that ain't going to work. So edge is given a bit of a, well, excuse the pun, an edge on raw. When he knocks out William Regal, Charles Robinson, Nick Patrick, and others with brass knuckles. And now it feels like it's time for edge to level up his character. Is this the first time you remember? All right, we're going with him. And edge had been phenomenal at this point. Uh, he had had an incredible tag team run that people are still talking about to this day, but he's not quite yet a top guy. And we know we're still a few years away from that, but you got to start somewhere and coming fresh off of a, a Royal rumble performance. And now he's got the brass knucks and knocking out referees and William Regal. Does this feel like the first time we're going to try something with edge in that direction? Man, I go back to Edge's debut from the point of view of it was unique. He was something different. And the subway shit that we shot, here was a guy that was not to be denied. And you you always there was always something about Edge. And I think Edge was always able to reinvent himself and always able to conform and adapt to the times. So the show is in Greenville. So flair comes out, cuts a promo. Of course, he's insanely over, uh, flair has been pretty open about saying that his confidence was uh, at an all time low here after a pretty rough couple of years in WCW, but now he's fresh off of a pretty good performance here with Vince at the Royal rumble and back in the ring for the first time in a while, when he comes out and gets this sort of reaction, that's got to make uh, the old man feel pretty good, huh? I would think so. And you know, look, man. You go back during the time, and I think people always saw the persona of Ric Flair on camera. The human being had been beat down and had lost so much self-confidence that you constantly had to remind him, you know, you're Ric Flair. Go out and be Ric Flair. And Richard Flair was was having a hard time with that. So... I do think it, it definitely helped his confidence to, to hear the reactions that he was getting and realize, oh my God, they like me, they love me and they want me. So let's talk about Steve Austin here for a minute. He's going to come out and destroy Val Venus and Mr. Perfect who just returned at the uh, Royal rumble. And then he's going to ramble about the Beverly hillbillies, a menu, his workout routine, but whatever he's saying, man, the crowd is just eating up. Now we have the benefit of, of hindsight and having this conversation, but Several months later, he's going to be pretty critical in an open forum about his creative. And this is probably part of it. It does feel as if, as we're on our way to WrestleMania, boy, he is not as featured as he has been in years prior. And he's essentially just destroying, I guess what some fans would call mid carters, but it almost feels like he's in no man's land. Was he expressing frustration to you at the time? Or did you just hear about that after the fact? No, Steve was frustrated. Steve was openly frustrated and at the time would let any and everybody that would listen know that he was frustrated. So it wasn't it wasn't a secret by any stretch of the imagination. 
So AJ Styles has a dark match the next night at the SmackDown tapings and he lost to Rico Constantino. Can you imagine in hindsight, you know, what if you guys would have signed AJ in O2? I mean, I don't know that the, the company was necessarily ready for him just yet. We know several months later TNA becomes a thing and and he's their guy. But it is sort of fun to fantasy book. What if? Is it not? AJ, you say the company wasn't ready for AJ. AJ was nowhere near ready at that time. Absolutely. It was AJ needed a lot more seasoning at that time. Well, I guess what I mean when I say the company is you look at the top of that roster and man, it is so crowded with so many top hall of fame talent from the undertaker to triple H to Chris Jericho, to the rock, to Steve Austin. Oh, by the way, Hulk Hogan's coming back. And so is hall and Nash. And you know, when we finally do see AJ in the company, I mean, he has a resume that everyone sees him as a top guy. And uh, to your point, he's still, uh, maybe a little wet behind the ears here in O2. Yeah. He was green as grass. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to see uh, rock and Hunter team up in the main event of raw to take on angle and Jericho after a miscommunication with the heels. Uh, so rock is going to pin Jericho with the rock bottom and, uh, maybe in hindsight, I would have thought it would have been Hunter, but. I guess it doesn't matter. We know where we're going. Uh, SmackDown the next day is built around Vince revealing his secret plan that he'll regret. He's also built around Hunter and Stephanie's, um, marital issues. Stephanie is, uh, getting a lot of grief regarding her various characters, but man, I've always thought she was a fantastic television performer. And I think, uh, this is where we started to see her getting more and more comfortable in that role. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. I think that from day one, even when you go back and look at the, the innocent little girl, yeah, you know, she, she played that very well. And as she got more and more into that character, all, you know, you got to watch Stephanie grow up before your very eyes and Stephanie handled that very well. So yeah, she was starting to really come into her own at this time and really embracing that heel character. And as I always like to say, it's like some to, to be a heel, man, you, you've got to embrace being hated. You have to embrace antagonizing an audience. You have to embrace just that, that full, full on despise just and love it. And walk out and truly love it and yearn for more and do everything within your power to get people to hate you more. And Stephanie did embrace that. And there's folks, you know, sometimes when a heel will say, gosh, you know, I don't know. I said, well, because you come back and you look at your tweets and you check your uh, you check your Facebook and see how many likes you got. Who cares, man? How many asses are you putting in the seat? How 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 many people care? Good, bad, or indifferent. Do they care? And by God, they cared about Stephanie. And she enjoyed being hated. I enjoy being hated. Oh, no. Come on now. We love you, Bruce. We just wish there was more of you. And I know there's less of you because you've been working out. How's your workout routine going? Uh, Just wonderful, man. Wonderful. Look look at this. Look, I got a whole thing. Got a big jug of water here. And just drinking all my water. Here, I'll pour it up here so you get... You used to pop your Miller light cans into the mic. You can, you can sip a little water in front of the mic. Like, you know, the workouts are going good, man. I, I'm, I'm working out hard by God. 
or get right. stronger. I don't know about faster, but <laughs> so let's uh, let's mention that on SmackDown, it's where we're going to be discussing a tournament to set up who's going to take on Jericho at No Way Out for the title. Austin will pin Booker here to advance, and Angle will pin The Rock after The Undertaker interferes. And this is the episode where we see Vince reveal the whole uh, chair with the NWO logo. <laughs> and, uh, the WWF puts, uh, the ticket. Where were we? Where were we? Was where, what, what town were we in? Do you have that in your notes? Uh, I can find it right fast. Let me see. No, because again, I, th- that, that room, uh, will forever be the bane of my existence. Why? Just how, well, trying to explain to lighting guys, the reveal of that. I see. And how we wanted to shoot it. And the whole time that you're shooting a mirror for the reveal, and you had to do everything opposite and just, it became a lighting nightmare that I would walk in I would walk in the room and go, no, 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 no. And, um, yeah, it was, it was quite the, quite the ordeal. I believe this is uh, Los Angeles, California at the Staples center. Does that sound right? May have been. I, I, I shit. That doesn't ring a bell. I thought it was somewhere in the South, but Hey, oh, you know what? You're probably right because they were in Atlanta. Let me go backwards here. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. North North Charleston, South Carolina, North Charleston. Yes, exactly. There we go. Now I'm getting, now I'm getting the vibes from it. And it was, you know, again, you're envisioning this shot. You're envisioning, envisioning exactly what this is going to look like and how we're going to do it. And I'm doing it all day long and I'm laying it out. And then, you know, Vince comes in, God, no, that's not it. We do it like this. And I'm like, yeah, but no, hang on. Think opposite. It's just, everything's opposite. Yes. That's what we're going to end up with, but you have to shoot it the opposite way. Right. And you had to set it up to actually demonstrate it, to show how you're going to do it. And then he got it and understood, okay, yeah, you're right. That's what I was saying all along. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, Bruce, let's talk about something that you and I have uh, talked about for a while here on the show, hair loss. Now I've shared with you that earlier this year, I turned 40 right before that took my parents to the beach for their anniversary. And as I saw my 63 year old dad getting into the pool, I noticed he was, uh, I think Tony Schiavone described Arn Anderson's as a flesh colored yarmulke. And I was a little nervous, Bruce. Hey man. I knew my dad was great, but he can't be losing his hair too. That's not good for me. And then I remembered Bruce, there's only two FDA approved medications that prevent hair loss. And I knew that because our friends at keeps offer both keeps has a simple stress-free way for you to keep your hair. I started doing it in April. You should too. You've got convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months, meaning you don't even have to leave your home. It's also low cost Bruce. Treatment started just $10 a month and keeps offers generic versions. They've got discreet packaging and proven results. 
keeps but, us more five star reviews than any of their competitors, Bruce. But, but I that, hate having to go to the doctor to get that stuff, man. Now it's showing up at your house. Come on, doesn't get any better than that. And here's the thing I want to remind everybody don't wait until it's too late. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash wrestle to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash wrestle to get your first month for free. That's keeps.com slash wrestle keeps.com slash wrestle. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up. What would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that. It was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments, they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate. But if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com. So let's talk about um, the, the, the next thing you're going to be doing, which is putting tickets on sale for a tour of Asia. And it's going to be the first time the company has been in Japan in like eight years. And the show at the Yokohama Arena sells out immediately. Now, just to give some context, Japan is a bit of a mess at the time between New Japan, All Japan, and NOAA. What was the name of that arena? Yokohama Arena. Okay. Is that not correct? Yeah, I thought you said something else. Well, they make tires, so I got that one down, Pat. Yokohama tires, yeah. and they got to be run flat. 
Really? Yeah. I didn't know uh, that. Is, is Vin, how do you guys decide? I mean, this is really a testament to the WWF at the time. New Japan is down. All Japan is down. Noah is down. Goddamn, pal. Got a plan. Let's go to Japan. They're down, but we're hot. And motherfucker, you were right. Sells out immediately. This is where you I talk. Mean, okay. No, I, <laughs> I thought you had more. It sounded like you had something else to say. I was waiting for you. Okay. Um, it's just timing. It's just timing and a feel. And looking at the business, it we were at a point where it was red hot. You could pretty much go where you wanted to go. And at the same time, look, man, Japan's a tricky market. No doubt. Um, in this era, Jim Ross does a press conference there. He's asked about Scott Steiner, Randy Savage, Goldberg, Ray Mysterio, and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, there's just so much talent coming available with some of those Turner contracts coming to an end. And I think naturally when people start to whisper that Hogan Hall and Nash are coming, people assume, well, there's gotta be more. In this same press conference, Jr. would bring up the fact that, in his opinion, doing two pay-per-view events per month could be a challenge with the brand split. Do you remember you guys thinking that could be viable? I could see why you would, because on certain months, man, you had a WWF show, you had a WCW show, and you had an ECW show. So if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, maybe you bought all three. We're only asking you to buy two now. Did you think that was possible or not so much? Some did. Some people definitely thought it was viable. Uh, I don't know that I was one of those that shared that feeling. I think it was too much. And by having possession, basically, of all of the brands, I thought this is an opportunity to let things breathe and do one one month, one another one the next month, another one the next month, and allow allow the brands to breathe, allow the audience to breathe a little bit. Do you think the company ever realized, or maybe I'm wrong. Was the goal to ever make it feel as if raw and SmackDown were two totally separate companies? I think that's, that's always been the goal. Yes. Do you think that's ever been achieved? Yeah. Because I, my, my friends watch both shows. I don't have any friends who watch one and not the other. So I, it's just not, been well, you don't have I, that many friends. Well, okay. You I mean, you've got more than me, but. You don't have to get hot about it. One doesn't count. Several don't count. Um, well, I, if I had several, then they wouldn't <laughs> count, but still it's announced on uh, OVW TV that Randy you Orton, you, and that's all you need, oh, baby. You got me and JBL. <laughs> what else you need? This is true. Uh, Randy Orton's going to be finishing up with OVW. He's going to be moving to the main roster. Who was most excited about Randy Orton coming up besides Randy? Um, you know, I, I think that there were quite a few of us because when you look, you know, you looked at that class and you had Randy Orton, you had Batista, you had Cena, you had all these these guys that if you were to take a picture of them then and look at that class, you, you know, Nostradamus, you didn't have to be Nostradamus to, to know that, hey, those guys are going to be huge stars. Their, their work ethic, their look, and – their athleticism all pointed to mega stardom for every one of them. So regarding the use of the NWO to hype the pay-per-view Meltzer would say this basically about 80,000 added buys equal a million extra dollars to the company. Normal pay-per-views were doing between 350 to 400,000 buys last summer, but the invasion did 681,000. 
Steve Austin's first two appearances after neck surgery, both did numbers in that range, which shows how much added revenue saving a hot item for pay-per-view can draw numbers are lower now, partially due to the direct TV fiasco, but if saved the first live appearance of these guys, if properly promoted and not used as a surprise with a hot angle could be worth a few million on pay-per-view. If we are conservative and say they'll add 166,000 buys, and I think the number would be considerably higher, particularly since Hogan is involved and hasn't been seen in nearly two years by a national audience. So all, but the hardcore fans have forgotten why they wanted him gone for him to debut on a live raw with the publicity and garner that same revenue. They would have to increase the rating on that show from a 4.5 to a 23.1, which is of course an impossibility. So I think Can you give me the definition of impossible. Well, 23.1 seems a little far-fetched. Well, what's the definition of impossible? Uh, I'm not sure. Enlighten us. Nothing. Okay. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Well, no, that's cool. I can't wait to see you guys hit a 23.1. Cause it, I mean, that'd be big time stuff, man. It'd be a like super bowl shit. Well, you know, you know, never say never. No, well, you and I have learned that the hard way. I, I do like the, the math though, the business breakdown here of, Hey man, if you do it this way, you know, you're going to get a bunch of mainstream publicity, but if you do it that way, going to get a bunch of money. There's probably some wisdom in having a conversation like that. I'm sure you guys didn't just go willy nilly. God damn. What about this? Right. You're, you're making a calculated decision based on what's going to make the most money. Absolutely. Publicly traded company. That's what it's all about is being in business and being profitable. And cut. Do I need to cut that out? Yes, cut all that. (laughs) Austin gets the win over Angle in the main event to determine the number one contender. He's going to take on Jericho at No Way Out. Do you think Austin and Angle ever had a bad match? It felt like they had incredible chemistry together. They sure did. And I think that, you know, when you look at two guys that kind of define that era, there you go. As far as just every night going out there and getting after it and leaving everything in the ring every friggin' night. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill, FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, all right, all right. We're all adults here, and some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Well, if you or someone you know loves nicotine, you're going to love Lucy Nicotine. I love I don't know if wait. Anyway, Lucy Nicotine is a company that was created to help nicotine users find a cleaner option and feel better about the ways they consume nicotine. Their latest products, it's the Slim Nicotine Pouches. These contain pure synthetic nicotine and provide the same satisfaction that nicotine users expect without any tobacco at all. Lucy Slim Pouches use the newest technology for synthesizing pure nicotine in the lab, none of the tobacco, all of the nicotine satisfaction. Lucy Slim Pouches include both coconut oil and gum base to provide a soft, fluffy texture that enhances the flavor and doesn't dry out your mouth. They come in three strengths, four, eight, and 12 milligrams, and three exclusive and delicious flavors, spearmint, mango, and cool cider. 
Now, maybe you're not someone who uses nicotine, but we all know someone who does. And I think Lucy nicotine is something they're going to love. It's 2021. So don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products, go with the newest tobacco free options from Lucy. Listen up something to wrestle with listeners. Go to Lucy.co and use the promo code wrestle to get 20% off your order of Lucy slim pouches or any other Lucy products. That's Lucy.co. And the promo code is wrestle at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer a warning. This product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. That's lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code wrestle time to tell you about something. I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes. This is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance yet. We never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. JR is going to interview Stephanie about her current marital problems and ask early on uh, about infidelity that she committed in which she denied. And then when JR asked Stephanie about triple H cheating on her, her answer is it's impossible because there's no other woman on earth as good and bad as she is. <laughs> I mean, hypothetically, if Vince were to pick the character, her. I know that the Stephanie McMahon character could serve uh, genetic jackhammers come to mind when you think about that family tree. So maybe it runs in the family. I'm not sure. But goddamn, pal, everybody knows my daughter's going to be the, I mean, what a line, what a line. Well, if you're good, you're good. What are you going to do about it? Shit. <sighs> well, not everything in this era was good. There's a bikini contest with Billy and truck Chuck taking on Dory Wilson and Trish Stratus. I'm sure you were disappointed to see that Billy and Chuck didn't get their hand raised here. I was cause they look damn good. So the episode of Smack, SmackDown ends with Vince and Flair in the ring. And uh, Meltzer would say, Vince explained that the perception of Ric Flair is false. He would never do anything to help the young talent and doesn't give a damn about the fans. And Vince explained that Flair is signing over all of his WWF stock and that Vince agreed not to bring the NWO in. Before his signature, Vince explained that the members of the NWO he was talking about were Hogan, Hall, and Nash. And he said the NWO would have destroyed the WWF, destroying all their stars and the company 
but it would have revolutionized sports entertainment. If revolutionized is a euphemism for making the main event suck. He's right. That's according to Dave Meltzer. Vince said he hopes to do business with Hogan Hall and Nash in the future. And flair comes out to sign. But before he does, Austin shows up and tells him to tear up the contract. Flair decks Vince. Austin gives him a stunner and the show ends with Michael Cole recognizing that this means the NWO is coming in. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Now the positioning here of it being Austin who puts a stop to it feels like it would be headed at least at this point to Hogan Austin, but you're saying that wasn't the case. No. Okay. That was something you could build to do later on. So here it comes. Here comes the heat. As they say, this is directly from the observer. It didn't take long for there to be a problem. After everyone was told that there would be no favoritism played Hall showed up this week to the TV tapings and made a total spectacle of himself. According to several reports, an argument can be made that since Hall wasn't wrestling, he wasn't endangering anyone else. And plenty of wrestlers may do a lot of things, but things are basically looked the other way, unless they show up in condition where they could endanger their opponent in the ring or police might have to be called and the company gets embarrassed. While some wrestlers were very upset about the guy being handed a top spot with his track record and then showing so much respect that he made a fool of himself on the first day when it was figured that he would at least try to make a strong first impression. It embarrassed the company in front of a lot of fans and management. that They had to give pep talks about how he's changed. Others were laughing about it basically being exactly what management deserved. The big question was asking what kind of response would be made after management had tried to blame the previous problems on WCW and saying things would be different. Now tensions have gotten worse and morale is the lowest it has been in the modern era. According to one source, one wrestler told us the reason management hasn't reacted is because they likely aren't aware because nobody wants to say anything publicly for being buried because when it comes all out, who needs to be a victim of the reprisals? Hogan, Hall and Nash were all in LA for SmackDown, but it didn't appear on the air as they are wisely saving their debut for the pay-per-view. Both Austin and undertaker have told the other wrestlers that they've worked too hard to not only get the company where it is, but to elevate the style to the level it's at, to sacrifice it with people who aren't going to work for it. This is the first time I've seen anything like this, where maybe it feels like, you know, Austin's always been his own man, but it often felt like the undertaker was not only the godfather for the boys, but he was true blue company man all the way through and through. And I think everyone listening to this knows that, but this is framed in a way, if it were true, where even the undertaker wasn't thrilled with this idea. Is that the way you remember it? Again, I don't know that, that anybody was. And to clarify on the Scott Hall deal, that was that was not at an arena and that was not at TV. That allegedly that was something that took place at a at a hotel bar or, or someplace else. Um so to say that he showed up at TV like that, that that is completely incorrect. Um but so he's there at a company hotel, but not at a building. Not I don't working. know if it's a company hotel or it's just hotel. I, I really don't remember, but I remember that it was not something, you know, uh, there. Nonetheless, bad, bad perception, right. bad, bad look, bad first impression. You know, if you're going to come in and, and there are issues and there are the things that the whispers or whatever that weren't necessarily whispers that people are saying, Hey man, if the guy's got an issue and the guy's telling you, he doesn't have an issue. And then there are 
there's evidence that he does, well, shit, man, <laughs> that's not good. Right. And as you got get into it and everything and, um, all that was addressed. All that was addressed with Scott. It again, it was not anything on the job, but it was something that was done around other people that other people could see and other people could witness. So, yeah, it's it's a horrible look, and so but you have to, um, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt, and you also have to look at it like, all right. Not saying everybody did, but during that time, there, there were a lot of people that could make asses of themselves at different times. Scott with a micro, you know, microscope on him, on him, bad choice, really, yeah. really bad choice at that time. You, you shouldn't have done it. And, you know, from there, Scott went, got more help, you know, got on the an abuse and all that stuff. Um, it was, yeah, not, a, not a good, not his best foot forward so raw on the 4th of february it's from vegas and we would see hunter getting his win back over booker t in two minutes because well you know uh and it's announced that hunter versus angle is going to be at no way out and it's going to be for hunter's number one contendership now we also see vincent flair in the ring again together discussing what happened on smackdown and of course Nash hall and Hogan are going to appear on the screen to a less than thunderous reaction. Are you concerned that their appearance may not be as big of a thing as everyone was hoping for? I mean, when they show them on the screen, I would assume the crowd's going to go bananas, but that doesn't feel like the case here because they weren't there. Right. Cause they weren't there in front of them. I know it, it's always going to be less than unless you're out in front of that audience, getting that live feel. So now we're going to see Stephanie and Hunter talk about renewing their wedding vows on February 11th. Stephanie wanted to renew them in Vegas because that's where they got married. And Oh, what Little a white chapel. What a wonderful occasion married. it was. Well, did you drug your wife to get married as well against her will? Just like they did the night of, or anyway. <laughs> so she's basically ordering him to do it. He's saying no again. He starts yelling at her. She starts crying. And then she said she's pregnant. There's a big pause. He hugs her and celebrate, but the fans don't. They're booing this badly. Uh, fans are chanting that uh, she's not pregnant and the baby's not his. All this sort of stuff. What do you think of this? Is this a little too soap opera or is this good shit, pal? It's good shit. It's what I, we do with soap opera. I, I just feel like the pregnancy angles as a rule of thumb, man, they're just not for me. Okay. So jazz, uh, wins the WWF women's title from Trish, uh, with an STF as a finish here, man, was jazz ahead of her time or what? I think jazz was an uh, incredible talent, man. Incredible talent, incredible person. She was pretty cool gal. Still is. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I mean, she, you know, she was, but now <laughs> she's uncool. Oh, I haven't seen her in a while, but, uh, I'm big fans of jazz and, uh, Rodney Mack too, her husband. They're just really good people. So the main event is rock and Austin teaming up to face the undertaker and Jericho. Uh, but as Jericho comes out, a fan attacks him. Uh, we saw this happen not too long ago with Seth Rollins. Is this panic backstage when it happens as a rule or what's the immediate reaction? Panic. No, it's, it's more of, uh, get things under control. And, and there's just that adrenaline that kind of flows through you that you want to beat everybody up. 
So, Undertale. You know, here, here's the crazy thing about that, man. As people talk about, oh, how great it was back in the day and riots and all this shit. I've been in riots. That, that doesn't I've sound fun. I've been in riots. Huh? Doesn't sound like fun. I don't want to do that. It, no, it's the shits. Yeah. It's the shits. I've had my leg cut with a really, really nice sharp knife by a guy that was trying to stab me and kill me and shit. And it's not fun. It's not something, you know, you look back, oh, God, I remember that. I go back to I love being hated. I love the heat. I love generating all of that. But then when you're in a fight for your life where you really don't know where the next kick or punch or knife or anything else is coming from, it's not a fun, enjoyable thing. So when someone enters that sacred area of which you should be safe, all bets are off. And and there's there's just this natural instinct that kicks in. And uh, and it has taken me took me many, many years uh, to, to try to fight that, to let security do their job, to just try and hold people off. You know, if you got a crazy guy, just try and hold them off so that no more damage can be done. But if you hit it, I mean, there's so many lawsuit happy people out there that if you even defend yourself, you're going to be drug into court for something. So that's no fun. And plus, it's no fun. You know, it's entertainment. And yes, we do want to uh, elicit every emotion that we can from you. But to jump on uh, beyond those barriers and barricades, not a not a good thing. So, yeah, it's just a, it's an adrenaline rush that you want to rip eyeballs out sometimes. And that's not a good thing. That's not a good, <laughs> it's not a good feeling Conrad. No. So the undertaker hits rock with a pipe and Jericho gets the pin. I've always chuckled at the pipe. It feels like a game of clue. It's undertaker with a pipe in the library with Colonel mustard. Uh, anyway, smack got throwing a cup of coffee with in his good eye. <laughs> Uh, Proceed, proceeded to punt his left testicle. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going off. Smackdown is taped in LA. It's notable for a couple reasons. They show a taped interview with triple H and Stephanie and the doctor informs them that she's eight weeks along. Uh, angle comes out with a baby carriage and says, Stephanie's going to make a great mom, but triple H would be a lousy father because he's closer to an ape. And then he pulls a stuffed ape. He called game junior out of the baby carriage. Of course, triple H comes out and attacks him. This sounds silly when you read it back, but buddy, Kurt angle was so great at this comedy shit. Was he not? Uh, absolute natural. When you think back and, uh, <laughs> you know, I go back to the first time that Kurt angle was in a camp with Dory funk jr. And Dory funk was, <clears throat> you know, it was my childhood hero and Dory saw Kurt angle like, Oh my God. The, the opportunity to have an Olympic gold medalist. This is the ultimate giant baby face of the territory that you build everything around. And, and he could go to, he could go to other companies and by God, if anyone tried to shoot on him, Kurt could defend himself and turn it around type thing. Um, and for Kurt to be this incredibly entertaining heel and still be one of the baddest humans walking the face of God's green earth at the time. Uh, man, Kurt was just the best at what he did when he applied himself to it, man. Absolutely incredible talent. Next up, one of my favorite segments, Jericho calls out Austin and then Will Sasso from mad TV comes out instead of Austin. And he's acting like Austin, of course, 
And he's uh, going to kiss Jericho's boots and suck up to him. And that brings the real Austin out who winds up drinking beer with Sasso before stunning him. We've seen stat Sasso make appearances in WCW and the WWF. And I fam- saw him make an appearance some to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard live in LA. How cool. How cool is Will Sasso? Great guy. Loves the business. I mean, just phenomenal. You guys need to do something with him again. He's, he's amazing. Uh, Maven with an assist from the rock is going to defeat the undertaker for the hardcore title. I guess it was time to get the, the title off of taker, but I love the idea of involving Maven considering everything that happened at the Royal rumble. Well, it happens and need a little assist there from the rock by God. Uh, ain't gonna have, ain't gonna have it straight up. Not no goddamn hardcore match. Can't happen. Jewelry. Isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment. Every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You know, being a pet parent is a huge responsibility. And since our pets can't talk, we do our best to understand what's going on. But knowing something's up with them or their health and not understanding why is one of the greatest challenges of pet parenthood. Enter Fuzzy. Fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24-7 access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals. From everyday questions to middle-of-the-night emergencies, Fuzzy has the answers pet parents need. Through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Fuzzy can answer your pet questions, big and small, urgent and every day. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet, all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts exclusive to Fuzzy members. From getting your pet's diet just right to meeting their middle-of-the-night needs to finally figuring out what makes their breath smell that way, nothing is too big or small for a quick Fuzzy call. And I got to tell you, I had this same issue not too long ago. My dog, Ginger, well, her breath started to smell different. I can't say it was all that pleasant. Boom. One call to fuzzy and Ginger was good as new. I knew exactly what to do to get Ginger feeling better. Turns out she had a little issue that I had no idea even existed. Thanks to fuzzy. Not only did I figure out what it was, but I figured out how to fix it. Man, that makes me feel good. It'll make you feel good. You'll puff your chest out a little prouder when she's running around with that tail wagon a little faster. Right now, Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free seven-day trial membership. Go to yourfuzzy.com slash wrestle today to sign up. That's a free seven-day trial at Y-O-U-R-F-U-Z-Z-Y.com slash wrestle. And for a limited time, Fuzzy is also offering a special discount of $20 off any of your pet product needs like pet meds, supplements, food, and more with the promo code wrestle. That's your fuzzy.com slash wrestle for your free trial of fuzzy with access to 24 seven personalized pet care and vet recommended products. And we want to thank your fuzzy.com slash wrestle for sponsoring today's podcast and helping my girl ginger later on that night, Taker would attack rock and hit him with a pile driver on the roof of a vehicle. I know we don't talk about the current stuff, but this is one of those classic angles that was highlighted in the undertaker's hall of fame video. How cool is it to finally see the undertaker going into the hall of fame? Uh, never a more deserved 
member of the Hall of Fame in great many ways, man. And uh, be a happy day and very well deserved and very happy for him. I'm I'm so excited to see it. And now we know that you know there's often been a debate who will induct him. Now we know the answer: Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, I you know I know you're not going to say, but I hope we get quote unquote Mark Calloway and not the Undertaker because. Man, that guy deserves all the praise. Uh, Hunter and Vince discuss the wedding renewal, and Stephanie asks to make sure that Vince walks her down the aisle. And Hunter states that he would never let Vince near his kids. So Vince gets hot about that and orders Hunter to appear in a handicap match that night against Angle and Jericho. And the match has Hunter losing after two Angle slams on a chair. And after Hunter hugs Stephanie, Angle attacks him from behind, and Stephanie goes crashing as the show goes off the air. And it feels like there's an implication since she's pregnant and now she suffered a physical attack that, well, you know, I just hate this crap, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. Next up. It took almost no time for Scott Hall to be in the WWF doghouse. According to Dave Meltzer, as noted last week, claiming to having have kicked his now legendary alcohol and drug dependencies. He showed up on February 11th in Las Vegas. and made a complete spectacle of himself. To the point that he had to be dragged to his hotel room to make matters worse. The next day in LA, when Austin was told by Vince McMahon and Jim Ross, the plans of, uh, Austin working a match with Scott Hall at WrestleMania and to come up with ideas to build to it. Austin's response was reportedly something to the effect of why even waste my time. He's not going to be in the company by the time WrestleMania comes around and we all know it. So I start something when we know it's not going anywhere. Austin was hardly the only wrestler to have those feelings as several wrestlers have come to management saying they didn't want to work with hall hall gained even more heat on himself when he Hogan and Nash showed up to do some production work in LA. It's the first time that Hogan and Nash have been around the current crew and they were met with expected skepticism while Hogan and Nash, as everyone expected, went out of their way to be nice to everyone. The reaction to hall was different. The big story was hall going up to the Dudleys and saying one of two things. As we've heard two different versions of essentially the same story. Either he said to Bubba, that's a great move. You have referring to the 3d. I can't wait to quick kick out of it. Or that's a realist, really realistic finisher you have. And then laughing as if to mock the move. While those who know Hall from WCW say it was typical hall and that he's always pushing buttons and thinks the dressing room overreacted, but they could understand the feeling. Being that when the mood was so strong against him coming in, him making things work for worse for himself the night before by exposing the having turned his life around story as a farce, that probably wasn't the best time to be a smart ass and try to get under people's skin and play his quote unquote, I'm an untouchable star card. There is a point that hall was hardly the WWF wrestler to have a problem. And it isn't as if the problems with wrestlers are uncommon. He wasn't even wrestling in Las Vegas. And there is sort of a code among the wrestlers that you can do what you want on your own time. Just show up in shape to perform when it's company time, because a messed up wrestler puts his opponent's body in jeopardy. When did you hear the whole Dudley story? God, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know that it was, was that big of a deal. I think it became a big deal and became a, a big deal of legend and made more out of it than it, than it was. I think that the, you know, the overall feeling was, was that word had got around that, that Scott was messed up at the hotel. 
and all of the, you know, don't worry, he's kicked his habits and, and he's in a better place now that that, you know, appeared to be not true. So guys were like, you know, fuck them. Right. I will work with them. And, and again, Kevin Nash is a charming son of a bitch. Hulk is a charming son of a bitch. Scott can be a charming son of a bitch. Always has been to me. Um, but you know, Scott's also a smart ass. Kevin's also a smart ass. Hulk, not so much. Um, but you know, there, there's parts when you've known them as long as some people have, it's you chalk it up to, Oh, that's them. Um, to people that don't know them and they come in with the rep, it's like, Oh, hell no. So it just, yeah. If it happened, not good on either one of the stories, not good. But I could definitely see Scott doing that very easily. You could see Scott doing that. Do you remember hearing Austin's reaction about why even bother? He ain't going to make it. Oh, Steve didn't. Yeah. Steve didn't necessarily want to work with any of them from the standpoint of, you know, that he had been there building this and they come in and they come right up on top that they needed to earn that spot with him in particular. And you know, after the, the whole deal with Scott coming in, no, I don't know that anybody wanted to work with Scott at first at all, especially Steve. Chat me up about Nash. We know Nash is not going to wind up getting a match at WrestleMania. There's been a theory out there that he was essentially the placeholder in case Scott wasn't ready to go. Is that the way you remember it? No. Save him, but you know, I, I'm sure that probably in the back of people's heads, but you know, it was always, this is where we're going to go. But, uh, you wanted to save something and we were saving Nash and I'm sure probably, you know, back of everyone's mind is if, you know, Scott doesn't go, you slide Kevin into that, but you know, hold Kevin off to do that. There just wasn't anything else really for Kevin at that point either. Austin and Taker go one-on-one on SmackDown. It ends when Jericho comes out and really gets some heat on Austin by using a belt shot, hitting him with his beer cooler, and then drinking his beer. Cause buddy, everybody knows you don't drink his beer. It's interesting though, because we don't necessarily have these guys working together, but we like just keeping it all mixed up. Keep them guessing. You got this many stars, got to feature as many guys as you can. Uh, it feels a little less paint by numbers in this era as a result. Fair to say. Wait. Well, you also had live events that you had to feed as well. Sure. So while you're looking to the pay-per-view and some of the larger stories, you had the live events that you needed to keep fresh and you needed to keep those stories going on television as well. Uh, this same episode, we would see the Godfather return as the Godfather, but now his escort business isn't doing great because everybody knows Bruce. Pimping ain't easy dog. See, we can finish each other's sentences. You know, the deal. I know, man, but you and I both know we also lived a real life. Pimping ain't easy. (laughs) We see Linda call up Hunter and ask him to watch the videotape she sent him. And it's a video exposing that Stephanie was not being pregnant. Uh, And from there, well, there's this. Vince, who rolled his eyes earlier at the suggestion that he'd walk Stephanie down the aisle, shows up to reconcile. And this got really creepy as Stephanie was wearing the sluttiest wedding dress I've ever seen. Finkel tried to warn Stephanie that a problem was going to ensue, but Vince yelled at him. It got really creepy as Vince was looking down his daughter's top. Anyway, now it's time for a wedding. 
Triple H came out to his entrance music. Well, so did test. So we have a precedent, but he smiled in that sly face manner. At least he didn't spit water. Stephanie and Vince came out. Fans were chanting what at the preacher. And while that's usually annoying, this thing was so ungodly bad that it was at least making it humorous to make a long story short. This went 15 minutes and seemed like two hours. They even sang a wedding song. Stephanie went on forever with her vows. Triple H then got on the mic and actually had a pretty well-written speech. He called her a no good lying bitch said they were through and gave Vince a pedigree and pie face Stephanie. And then he destroyed the wedding set. It's gotta be one of the more memorable weddings. You know, I didn't hate this nearly as bad as Meltzer did. I remember watching this and it got a reaction from my house. What'd you think? Well, it was tremendous. Reminded me of, of, you know, beautiful, beautiful wedding time. See, you just don't get out to enough, you know, good weddings. See this kind of stuff, this kind of shit that happens all the time. I'll tag along with Michael Hayes next time. Stephanie and Hunter renew their vows. Actually see the, and my wife thought I was crazy. I don't think we were married at the time. Uh, but I actually went to a friend's wedding. I was a groomsman, but I actually offered to take him away before he made the biggest mistake of his life, which was one of the biggest mistakes of his life turned out. But if he had only listened to me, I definitely would have thrown him in my car and just had my wife, then girlfriend at the time, drive him away while I went in and handled everything in the church. Okay. I was a hated motherfucker. And, and we didn't even do it. I was hated because it got out that I wanted to do it. And I, yeah. So, I mean, shit happens. I mean, that that's real life. That is real life. Okay. I believe you. Okay. Oh, Fort, Pierce, Fort Pierce, Florida will never be the same. It's just kind of. <laughs> well, thankfully, he didn't talk anybody out of it back in 2018. Uh, the go home SmackDown features John Walsh. That's right. Of America's most wanted. And he's going to cut an in-ring promo about helping find the killers of two WWF fans. Bruce, how the fuck does this make air? <laughs> this is what, this is crazy. It was a real deal. Yeah. But still, th- I mean, I'm here to get entertained. Wait, somebody really died. Okay. Well, you, you can use that platform and when tragedy strikes and I think our fans are the most loyal in the world and we would hate to lose them under auspicious circumstances. And John Walsh was a friend and we supported him heavily in everything he did. So Vince is on the phone with Hogan to let everyone know Hogan is back at no way out. They showed several NWO clips, the final one being a cut in during the history of the WWF video, showing them spraying NWO over a photo of Vince senior really well done. I really dug that. What'd you think of the, uh, the picture of Vince senior getting spray painted? Uh, I thought it was tremendous because it, it kind of hit home and, and, but at the same time, I don't know that to the audience in 2002 that aren't really aware of that relationship between, uh, Vince Kennedy and Vince Jess that, uh, you know, it, I think it meant more to us and those that knew than to the average audience. I think it was more of a ooh shit to us than the guy sitting at home in uh, Hoboken going, hmm. All right. Fair enough. 
All right, let's get to the show itself. The reaction to this show was at the time, well, not great. 55 and 55.8%, 55.5, no, 55.8% thumbs down. Easy for me to do. Uh, but boy, it's remembered for the promos probably more than anything else. But the show itself, 15,291 fans, 13,484 of those paid $966,150 in gross. They had uh, nearly 140 grand in merch. This is the highest gate for professional wrestling in North America since King of the Ring 2001. So you made the right choice. This no way out with the NWO, right? Uh, short term, maybe. I, you know, for this show, yeah, I, I would say. As opposed to a TV show. Yeah, definitely. So Meltzer would say nothing on the show was awful, but nothing was really great. Even what was good were matchups that have usually been better due to the standard of WWF pay-per-view shows. It was a huge letdown, particularly since the company has a history of great February shows leading to mania. A lot of the problem was the dead crowd, whether bringing the NWO out at the start of the show for an interview killed everything that followed, which seems to have been the prevailing view from those that were there live. It made the show come across as lacking any spark on television. I'm not sure if this is the, what everyone thinks, but it does appear that some within the decision-making group felt the same way and more so in hindsight, the fact the show sold out in about an hour showed it was hardly a crowd of people who weren't rabid for the product. We've spent a lot of time talking about this over the years, but boy, the pacing of the show and the structure of a show, and maybe it's called match structure or card placement or whatever you want to call it. In hindsight, was it a bad call to start with the NWO? Should we have done that towards the end? Yeah, maybe should have built to it. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like you came out with your, with your biggest pop potential pop at the time and, and you gave it to them and then it's like, okay, you know, follow that now. Yeah. And, and didn't you used to say, I don't know what this phrase means means, but once you said you blew your wide too early or something like that, what does that, what does that mean? Is that what this is? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You okay. never blown your wad too early, Conrad. I don't really know what that means. Were you a little too soon? Or whoops? <laughs> How about that? You you never whoops. <laughs> you never like huh? oh, whoops. Oh, was that your move? You're a whoopser. No, I'm not a whoopser, but I've heard someone whoops before. I mean, did he at least take you to dinner? Regardless, first? regardless, it'd be ah. <laughs> it could be short, but it's still gonna be ah. Give a shit. Short, long, and different. You start at the same time, man. It's up to them to keep for up to them to keep up. I'm just saying. Is that your Murdoch line? No, it's Bobby Heenan line. Oh, I got you. So, as we said, the pay per view starts with Hogan Hall and Nash coming out to the old NWO music. Nash talks first. They're doing a sarcastic interview about the backstage problems. The crowd's going to pop for the guys, but they're relatively quiet for the interview. And Meltzer says the problem was they were making the WCW like problem of assuming far more knowledge from the general audience than existed, assuming everyone knew about these locker room problems and the like. With the exception of Hall's drinking, which was pushed hard as a WCW angle. It didn't seem like much of what they were doing was registering as each guy grabbed the mic. They got a pop. It was reminiscent of when DDP unmasked as the stalker. There was this gigantic pop, but then his interview didn't get over. Hall got a pop for, Hey, yo, and the crowd got it when they did the drinking jokes. 
but there's something terribly uncomfortable about Hall's TV portrayal as this cool drunk guy. I got really poignant letters on Sunday from people who were in recovery on this subject that were furious. Hogan thanked Vince and did this fake baby face interview about how they're really just here to help strengthen the company. If you had it to do over again, Bruce, would you have changed this promo? Would it have sounded oh God, anything I would have changed like a lot of things? I, you know, I wouldn't have led with it. And it just, you know, again, it, it's making assumptions and thinking that your audience lives and dies and breathes by, uh, dirt sheet shit in the internet. Not everybody lives and dies by this. And, and it's a fraction of the actual audience. Is this one of those moments where that became crystal clear? Glaringly? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You become so close to it sometimes that, you know, the, you know, everybody knows, nah, no, they don't. Right. So next up we get the APA winning a tag team turmoil match for a title shot at mania. They beat Scotty to hall, Scotty to hottie and Albert Christian and Lance storm, Matt and Jeff Hardy, the Dudleys and Billy and Chuck. The crowd was dead for a lot of this and only gets a star and a half. Um, Meltzer would say this wasn't a good night for Billy. First, he wound up with a bloody nose. Then Farouk gave him a spine buster and his landing looked really ugly and he appeared to be shaken up, but then he had to take the pin from Bradshaw's Lariat in three minutes and 48 seconds and a match. One of ex- one would have expected him to win all in all, probably not the most pleasant three minutes of his life, man. I don't want to get a bloody nose. I don't want Farouk to spine buster me. And I sure as shit don't want to take a Lariat from Bradshaw. Did uh Billy piss in somebody's Cheerios here? Woo. No, it's just that's life. Sometimes hell I take, I take Bradshaw's lariat. Well, he'd take care of you. Takes care of everybody. I don't know about that. I think he's, he wouldn't take care of you. So I'm saying that, I mean, I'd, I'd be a headless horseman from then on. I'd like to watch him give you one. Why would you? I thought I was your friend. That's why. Okay. Um, next up we get Rob Van Dam and Goldust. 11 minutes and six seconds. And Meltzer says, this is the most unique match of the night. It was by far Van Dam's worst pay-per-view match in years because he was put in with an old school stylist because of the styles clashed. Van Dam looks sloppier than usual. Still what sort of gets Van Dam over is that he did a lot of his unique gymnastic moves that nobody else can do, but in doing a basic match, his weaknesses like sailing and timing were terribly apparent. Van Dam did his corkscrew leg drop off the apron while Goldust was on the barricade. Goldust came off the middle rope to the floor with a standing elbow. Goldust did a long camel clutch, which is exactly what people don't want to see in a Van Dam match. And after a while, it became obvious why Van Dam even slipped on the ropes. The first time he went for a rider kick, and he's one of the most sure-footed top rope guys I've ever seen. Van Dam ended up scoring a clean pin with a frog splash after doing that step through kick. Star and a half. Yeah. On paper, I get, Hey man, you got two big stars here, but if you really think about the style of match that they work, maybe not the best pairing. El sucko. <laughs> it fucking sucked. It was a major clash of styles. And, and yeah, you, you kind of think that <clears throat> You can make this work and that, you know, you can, you can accentuate strong points. No, you really couldn't. It just was a, this was a fine example of a horrible clash of styles that did not mesh. I mean, 
really individually two phenomenal performers, big fan of both guys. You hate to see it not work out, but just did not. Next up. We see Austin meet the NWO for the first time. Hall is going to offer him. You know what? Instead of me reading it off, why don't we just play it? I'll play a little bit here and then we'll react to it. Hey brothers, Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's the rattlesnake. Toughest SOP in the World Wrestling Federation. Wait a minute, Austin. We don't want any trouble, bro. We brought you a gift. Ice cold beer from the NWO. What? brought you some beer man a gift that's for me it's for you you heard i like to drink beer i heard you like to drink a lot of beer i ain't thirsty you want to save it for later all right man enjoy it steve thank you put the man through brothers So there you go. They offer the little peace offering of, uh, of the beer. Austin ain't having it. What'd you think? Nice little way to make this happen. I guess. It was an interesting evening. Yeah. I, I produced all those and it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting evening because everybody was, there, there comes a point where you have to remind people that may have been over to some extent elsewhere or at another time. When you come into a new time and a new place, you got to get over again too. Yes. And it was, it was an interesting meeting of the minds, if you will. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, the camera work here because Meltzer makes it a point to say, what was really weird here was the camera work. It's freaking magic. Austin looked the same height as Hall and Hogan, who may have him by three inches, and he only looked three inches or so shorter than Nash. How do they do that? Masters of illusion. Now, I'm not saying he did this intentionally, but boy, there is something to, to creative camera work to make a guy look taller or shorter in terms of one guy stands in the foreground, one guy spreads his legs, you know, one guy's a little closer, you're shooting it up like they used to do the Andre shot. You can get pretty creative. I'm not saying any of that happened here. Every bit of it happened there because we know what the hell we're doing. Okay. That's what I wanted to hear. So you didn't want your top star to look quote unquote small compared to these guys. You want all of your stars to look like stars. Okay. Especially your top guy. Yes. Next up, we got Taz and spike Dudley retaining the tag titles over Booker T and test another flat match. Meltzer would say Taz and spike are a great team when spike sells forever and Taz hot tags and throws people around. Any other formula doesn't work. He gave it one star. I got to tell you, I kind of even forget that Taz and spike were a tag team. It just doesn't even register with me. Mean I, yeah. Um, kind of forgettable. Uh, I also forget Kind of like this match, <laughs> hopefully forgettable. Wasn't great. I mean, it just, yeah, come on again. Talk about chemistry. It just didn't, didn't mesh. 
Next up, we got William Regal retaining the IC in a brass knucks match on a pole. Um, <laughs> he's going to beat edge in 10 minutes and 25 seconds. Meltzer says, I actually like this match, but clearly I was in the minority. I mean, Regal incredible performer edge. Same thing. Meltzer gave it two and a quarter stars, but for whatever reason, fans didn't seem like they were with it. Is that more to do with the NWO and just the, the, the placement on the card? Was, was edge not established yet? Were they not buying regal? I don't know. Cause I thought it was great. I thought they had a hell of a match. They're really good. And it's sometimes, yeah, you can take the air out of a, an arena and, and it takes a while to get them back. And I'm not sure that we ever really got them back. Also too. It's fair to say that every now and again, you know, guys just don't click. They have an off night or what have you. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, but I, but again, I thought that this was, was good. I thought that they like, you know, shit, they had a good match. Felt good. Next up, the rock is going to pin the undertaker in 17 minutes and 25 seconds. Meltzer would say the crowd was uh, into rock early, but they didn't sustain the heat. Still the most heat so far, uh, two and a quarter stars. Of course, it comes down to the rock getting a sharpshooter on the undertaker, but that brings Vince out. Rock is going to drop the hold and start pounding on Vince and Vince is doing what Meltzer called comically bad selling undertaker, then set up a tombstone for rock, but flair got the pipe and nailed undertaker with it, leading to a rock bottom for the pin. So this time, if you're playing wrestling clue at home, it was flair with a pipe in to the, the knee <laughs> in the ring. Where are you at on pipes and wrestling? I don't know why, but I just something about it. Don't work for me. Yeah, not a big fan. Is all this Gaga necessary? Do you think? Yes. Well, okay. Gaga is necessary. Damn it. Well, I didn't say some Gaga, but isn't there such a thing as too much of the good stuff? Yes, there is. And sometimes you can overdo it. Did Vince ever over overdo it when he was selling? I think Vince may have been over the top sometimes. Do you ever, but I think that's what makes the character. Hypothetically, you ever see Vince score a big deal, like real business, not, not wrestling, but like real business. And he do that exaggerated Mr. McMahon strut around the office just for a minute. Every day <laughs> in between meetings, you get to see it. That's how you know that you're up next. Goddamn pal. Get on in here. Just close another deal. Yeah. Don't uh, you, you don't act like you don't do the same fucking thing. Goddamn. Close that long. <laughs> but Vince, hey, let me chat you up for a minute. Vince probably does that when he parks his Bentley in the garage and is on his way to the elevator. Goddamn. Yeah. Just like you do when you park your rolls. How many houses have you bought this week? None. Conrad. No, I might buy another one on the 26th, <laughs> but none this week. How many houses have you bought this month? None. Are we up to, we're up to, we're a half dozen at least. Nope. It's not yeah. true. This I year. No, it does. I technically did everything I did last year and you're just, you're rolling it over. Oh, well then. Okay. Let's go ahead with the big number for last year. What'd you buy? 32 houses last year. Just two. Shit. Put but a four on the end of that. There's an auction on the 26th. I wish you were in town. I've never been to a live auction. I want to take you with, I think it would be fun. What's the starting bid? A dollar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
I mean, I think it would be fun. You're going to go bid and you're going to go buy some houses and shit. Cause you're a slumlord. I can tell that you got that in you. That's not true. You have actually said to me that you were going to be a slumlord one day, that that was your goal in life. That my goal in life was to be a slumlord. Yes. When you were driving me to the, to the airport one time there in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, I you said, said, see those over there. I'm going to, I'm going to buy up all that. I'm going to be a slumlord. I don't reckon I ever said, that I remember that. I remember that we were in the, uh, in the, uh, rolls convertible. It's <laughs> a lie. You've never even been in my Rolls convertible. All right. Kurt angle is going to pin triple H to theoretically win a title shot in 14 minutes and 40 seconds with Stephanie as the referee. <sighs> as much as she figured to ruin the match and she took it down, she took an awesome first bump to get her out of there flying over the top rope for a great looking angle clothesline. Seriously. That was almost as good as anything on the show. Not only that. But it meant they could work several minutes without her being the focus of everything with Tim white as the referee. Of course, the downside of that meant white was going to get beat up by her before the finish. She was carried Poor out Timmy. while triple H laughed at her technically sound, but lacked heat angle was suplexing triple H all over the place and seemed frustrated with the lack of the response from the crowd angle punched white gave triple H a low blow. And an angle slam as Stephanie ran in, but triple H kicked out very surprised. She didn't count fast angle used the ankle lock, but triple H kicked angle into squashing Stephanie. So that's ref bump. Number three here. There's a DDT by triple H, but of course there's no ref triple H has angle set up for the pedigree when Stephanie attacks white and kicks him low. That's ref bump. Number four. So triple H sets up a pedigree on Stephanie, but angle gets a chair nails triple H twice gives him the angle slam and Stephanie counts the pin three and a quarter stars. I think this shouldn't have been called no way out, but nothing but Gaga, just nothing but Gaga. I like Gaga. I mean, shit Gable Stevenson in his final match. He had two referee bumps in the big 10 finals this weekend. Okay. It can happen. I like that. You're keeping up with that. You damn right. I am. I, I, you know, see, contrary to popular belief, I am a big fan of amateur wrestling. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had four black belts in that shit too. I've got one black belt and I'm a four time, uh, I don't mean to brag, but I got a black belt, a, a blue belt, a red, I even got a red belt. I got, I got an old braided motherfucker. I got all kinds of belts. You don't see me bragging about it. Yeah. Because yours weren't earned. They were purchased. So were yours. You some of them. My shit was earned. I can't wait. Can we get the, the video evidence of you performing one of these maneuvers? Just, you yeah. know, you got one a couple years ago. Let's see how you earned that one. I just want to see the videotape. Oh, goddamn black belt hall of fame. That's honorary. That's going back and honoring my past accomplishments for fuck's sake. Well, is there an eight millimeter reel somewhere in the national archives that we could refer to? There's some VHS tape out there. There's even some beta tape, beta, beta max. You damn right. How would we even play that in your beta machine? You don't have a beta. Uh, just a master. Hey, uh, your wife sent me some pictures of you that she should not have sent me. And you're very lucky. I haven't posted those on social yet. Which ones? Well, let's just say you don't want me to post them. Okay. Don't post them then. I'm going to post them right after this. Cause you've been mean to me today. 
I've not been mean to you. I sent you a po- I sent you a picture of me uh, in in my senior year in my football shit. Can I post that? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. The, you can, yeah, I mean, you can post that one if you want them to. The Rock is going to meet the NWO. Let's take a listen here. Oh boy. That's just a little bit of pain. Hey, it's the the Come on, guys. Hey, wow, it's a people's champ. I'm a bull. Hey, this is my son's favorite wrestler. Really? Hey, how about a shot? Come on. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Picture with The Rock. Yes, sir. For your son. Yeah. No problem. Here's Matt. Okay, you guys get in here ready. All right, that's a good one. So much for the people's taste. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you just say? No, 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 no. Doesn't matter what you just said. See, you shouldn't have said that. Rock was being a man, no problem. Picture for your son, no problem. Rock will tell you what you could do with that camera. You, Chico, Razor Ramon. You take that camera, you shine it up real nice. And then what you do, you give it to your big buddy. Big Daddy Cool, Diesel. You turn it sideways, and then you give it to him. Give it to Hogan. Hogan, you take that camera. It's already shined up. Turn sideways, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, and stick it straight up all your candy asses. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What a classic scene, big time moment been, I don't know, shown for 20 years on Botchamania. Absolutely love that. Did you produce that one too? And did you just know, well, fuck that couldn't have went better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was kind of like one of those. Well, you know what, man, we're going live. Let's go see what happens. I mean, that was just fantastic, dude. Am I wrong? That was unbelievably well done. Uh, how did, how did the guys feel after that? Like they had to stand there and sort of let the rock do their thing, do his thing. And I'm sure you told them what the story is going to be, but it feels like they were all good sports right there, dude. Absolutely. And that, you know, I mean, and again, that, that was the whole story of the night that they're coming in and that, uh, Hey, they're going to let everybody do their thing. But also at that time, you think about this in 2002 rock took over. Oh yeah. And rock owned it and, and it was all him. It was a phenomenal moment. People are still talking about it to this day. Next up. It's our main event. Chris Jericho is going to retain the WWF slash WCW world title pinning Steve Austin in 21 minutes and 34 seconds. Meltzer said it was a total chop fest and they were hard chops. In a sense, this was the best match as a standalone match, but all the ref bumps after a match with all the ref bumps really took it down. They worked 21 minutes of a very physical match, lots of suplexes, but man, just crazy bumps for the referees all over the place. At one point though, after Austin has caught him with a stunner and there's no referee, Hogan Hall and Nash come down. Austin's going to pound on all of them at first. They all bump for him. 
Meltzer even says Nash hasn't worked so hard in years. Hogan tried, but it was comical seeing he and Austin miss time brawling. Finally, Hall gave Austin a screwy looking stunner and Austin got the pin or Jericho got the pin. Sorry. After the match, they continued to pound on Austin. Hall gave him a second and better stunner. Austin was laid out and they spray paint NWO on him to end the show. This requires some massive sense of disbelief that 50 wrestlers backstage who all hate these guys are twiddling their thumbs while they do three on one and humiliate the company's biggest star. But it did work at a time for WCW when they had a hundred guys backstage. And after the pay-per-view ended in the arena, they all left. When Austin recovered, they sent Hall back by himself to the ring to get a stunner and the show ended live with Austin pouring beer all over Hall. Apparently the plan was for Hall to take the stunner, but the pouring beer was impromptu. Nash was really upset about it and complained to Jim Ross after the show that Hall was on anti-alcohol medicine, that the smell or taste of beer makes him vomit. And he blamed Austin for purposefully dumping the beer on his face, which nearly made him ill. And he couldn't close his mouth because he's selling the stunner. At least that was Nash's story. Anyway, three stars. Listen, I guess in, in the context of we're going to have to finish with the NWO doing something with Austin, we got to establish this stuff with Scott Hall. Maybe that makes sense when you look back and think, Hey, why did we start with the NWO? You can sort of book in the NWO here. I get it. But I think you and I both agree, maybe just a segment before or two segments before would have worked better, but this is what we went with. You watched it this week for the first time in a long time. What'd you think? Would you have done this any differently if you had it to do over again, at least the main event piece? I wouldn't have opened the show with it. Yeah. I just wouldn't have opened the show with them. And, and again, you know, the end was, was the end and the end was the story that we were trying to tell the, you know, the overall show kind of, uh, not, not that great. Um, obviously we've done a lot better and, and this wasn't one of those nights. I think it was trying to serve way too many masters in one show, a lot of story, a lot of big stories that had big, big tentpole, big moments in them that, um, to me, just watching it back seemed a little clunky and, uh, just out of sync, out of step. Yeah. Well, listen, we've talked about the whole and abuse thing a lot. I don't want to rehash that. If you want to hear me and Bruce fight about it, it's over in the NWO episode, but you know, it's even said here, this is impromptu. That wasn't part of the plan. Austin probably didn't have all the information. It's hard for me to imagine. And maybe it's because, you know, I like to see the good in everybody and I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and da, 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 No, you don't. But well, it, I, most of the time I try, especially when it's somebody I know. And so I, it's hard for me to imagine Steve Austin, who, you know, man, he's been honest about, he was doing too much of this or that at different times. I don't, it's hard for me to imagine that he knew that Scott Hall had this medication thing going and was like, I don't fucking care. It's what I want to do for my character. I, I don't buy that, but man, nobody this, knew. Yeah. As far as a first debut though, this just feels, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say snake bit right away just yet, but in hindsight, it feels like we sure do wish we could just hit control alt delete and have a do over. 
Yeah, it just well, it wasn't it wasn't the best, but you know it was a means to an end, and and it it's kind of one of those where you look at it and go, well, that was that. All right, let's uh, let's go home. Let's be done with this. Let's not try not to revisit it anymore. We've seen Steve Austin at this point brawl with literally every top star in the business, and. Steve took his work very, very seriously. And at least that's what, you know, we read about and we hear about and all that jazz, you know, but oh my God, yes. Yeah. Steve was the ultimate performer and wanted everything to be the absolute best at any price. So on some level, when he's out there trying to do this thing with, uh, with Hogan, with the brawling, and it just doesn't look like stone cold, any suspicion or doubt or concern Boy, it's just validated right there. And I'll probably cement it in Steve Austin's mind. Uh-uh, I ain't doing this. I think that Steve went in with the preconceived notion anyway. And that just confirmed And it. this just, you know, check that box to told you. Oh yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Yep. Cause it could have been, in my opinion, it, it could have been a lot better. However, you know, at the same time, yes, it could have been a lot better. Um, well, here's the thing. It wasn't, you got to work Hogan style too. Yeah. You got to give to take. I mean, you, yeah, you, yeah I, I totally get it. Let's jump to some questions here because our man, Bryant, uh, he asked a great question. Was there ever a thought to adding Kurt angle to the undisputed title match at WrestleMania? He won the number one contendership here. So I don't know if there was a thought of adding him, if that was on the table now, considering everything that he and Hunter have had going on with Stephanie and the love triangle and all that jazz. It does feel like that could have worked Jericho angle and Hunter. Was it given serious thought? No. Why not? I just don't know that it was. I don't know that, that in some cases, um, a triple threat will take away some cases it would add. I don't know in this particular instance that would have added. Because I don't, because it wasn't going to be Kurt. I, I just don't know that it would have added. Fair enough. Uh, Lauren Eason wants to know, when did you know that Hogan and rock for the upcoming WrestleMania was going to be in the works? Like, did you know, and I know it's hard to imagine, but as soon as you guys were talking, is that what the original first thought was like bef- way before it's announced or any of that jazz? That was the idea. Yes. Uh, Michael wants to know after Vince McMahon described the NWO as a lethal dose, a dose of poison. Why would you have the group come down to the ring and cut basically a baby face promo? Well, it depends on how you look at it, whether it's a baby face promo or not. I think to those that the NWO fans that are NWO fans can be a baby face promo, but I think to the largely WWE fan base, it, it wasn't. Well, what I'm saying though, is he's, he's acting as if when he's introducing it, we're going to kill the WWF. Right. And then Hogan comes in. We're just here to strengthen the company. But that was a heel promo for them. Okay. Uh, Bobby Duncan says Bruce with the NWO coming into WWE and how they got over with the fans. Was there a long-term plan to have them have title runs or just interfere in matches like stone cold and the rock? It's been said that WCW talent were not giving title opportunities because they were from WCW. That's well, that's just stupid. Ridiculous. Well, it didn't really happen a ton either though. It's ridiculous. 
Adam Leeson wants to know, uh, who wrote the backstage segment between the rock and the NWL? <laughs> uh, shit. I don't know. Brian, Brian may have written it, but that was, that was literally man going down there and kind of talking back and forth and just those guys all doing their shit. But, uh, I believe that, uh, Brian may have written it, but that was, that was those guys performing it and being in the moment. Your favorite moment is rock making the her her noise, right? <laughs> it just tickles us. Big daddy. Cool. I mean, and, and it was just great because we were live. We did it. We haven't talked about it at all, but this comes to us from Dave on Twitter. Any thoughts to having more than the original three debut? And here's my little sprinkle on top. Wouldn't this have been better if Eric Bischoff was there to just lead the group? I uh, definitely would have been better to have Eric there, but that wasn't, you know, wasn't in the cards at that point in time. It's been but said yes, Eric would have been a lot better. It's been said, and I'm not saying this, but maybe not said insinuated. I never asked Eric specifically like off mic, but we did a show about this once. And the way it was presented is that Jim Ross called on very short notice and said uh, something like, Hey, Eric, you available this Monday might have uh, something to do with you. Not real sure. But, uh, if you're available Monday, might have something. And it, yeah. it didn't feel as if it was, Hey, Eric got some big plans. Might be doing something pretty big with the NWO. Feels like we should have you be a part of it. You'd be there with Hogan Hall and Nash. Da, 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 da. I know you well, don't hang on. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say one way or another, but sometimes if, um, maybe if some people weren't really high on a talent, maybe they wouldn't sell it as hard as they would with some other talent. Well, that's what I was getting to because the insinuation was, Hey, maybe Jr. had some hurt feelings about the way everything went down in WCW wasn't high on Eric Bischoff. And maybe he didn't go out and really try to sell it because goddamn Connie, he kept my fucking washer and dryer. I mean, that's, that's me putting two God and two. Help, help a washer dryer. Goddamn held it hostage. There you go. He's got my fucking I mini had, fridge. I had people. I, I needed, I needed to clean my clothes. I needed to have fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables. To be able to keep <laughs> food. I don't know how the fuck you're supposed to. Goddamn. Hey, you ain't going to go in. Would you like a lukewarm beer? Well, fuck. I can't give a goddamn lukewarm beer. I, I ain't got a cold beer. That's all you got. Goddamn Brucey. I'd like to have a goddamn refrigerator. I like to have clean clothes. That's why my clothes are dirty. And I don't know. Yeah, he's the only one that can answer that. Man, it would have been cool if Bischoff was there, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have. And, and you know, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes you got to look at your assets and your strength and where you can get some things done and check your ego. Well, that's going to do it for us here this week. Sorry that we're uh, telling me, check my ego and just shut the fuck up now. Right? No, not at all. I'm actually looking okay. forward to next Don't week because we're, we're talking about another February pay-per-view that we missed. Uh, we're going to be talking about in your house. Number 13, final four it's February of 1997 and Chattanooga, Tennessee. Can't wait to talk about that one next week here with you, Bruce. And uh, then we're going to be doing a raw watch. What year is this? Right now it's 2022. Now, what are we talking about? Check the new Tennessee. Uh, February, 1997, right before WrestleMania 13, Sean has just lost his smile 
And so now the final four after that controversy at the 97 Royal rumble is not going to be to determine the number one contender. It is going to crown a new world heavyweight champion. Uh, but the very next week we'll be talking about the fallout from that show which is going to be a raw watch along of March 17th, 1997. At this point, Brett has lost the world title. He's going to win a final four. So there's a 25 year old spoiler, but he's getting a title match right before WrestleMania 13 with Sid. It's a cage match. And of course, when we come back from a break after the, the cage match is over, Brett flips out and has a profanity laced promo. He pushes down Vince McMahon. He's cursing raw has an overrun. It is a phenomenal show. And in my opinion is perhaps the first inclination that, wow, the attitude era is here. Then we'll be back on March 25th. We're going to talk about WrestleMania 18, including the payoff for Austin hall that we just talked about. And of course the big payoff for the rock and Hulk Hogan, and of course, triple H and Chris Jericho and everything else on April 1st, we'll hit WrestleMania 2000. And on April 8th, we're going to talk about Randy Orton's O2 to his O4. And what a couple of years he had a lot of fun stuff planned here on something to wrestle Bruce. And of course we're going to do a big tease. Now we've still got a big announcement coming. Any idea when we'll have that big announcement? Cause you're damn sure ain't telling uh, me. Yeah. Post uh, April, uh, April, uh, 3rd post April 3rd. Okay. So stay tuned. We're about a month away from a big announcement here for something to wrestle with. By the way, you get all these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Pritchard show. I am at Hey, Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll see you next week right here, talking in your house final four on something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Rock on. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.